Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time here, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. This episode, episode number 51, is entitled, Consorting with Skunks Carries Consequences. Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. I remember a number of years ago now, but I still remember, when a good friend and a great gentleman who we really all love and respect a great deal came to church one Sunday morning. Well, it wasn't unusual. He came to church every Sunday morning. This guy, well, you can set your clock by him. He comes very, very regularly. In fact, we all know to call if he doesn't show up because he's always there. So it wasn't unusual that our friend came to church that Sunday morning. But what was a bit unusual, what was terribly unusual, was that he came to church carrying with him, anywhere in his vicinity, a particular odor. And you didn't have to be much of a detective, no Sherlock Holmes required, to recognize the smell. At some point, he had come into close contact, far too close contact, with a skunk. That is a very distinctive odor. We found out later that a skunk had gotten under his house at some point during the previous night. And evidently, the skunk had become somewhat agitated. And we all know what skunks do when they're agitated. I should mention this gentleman lives out in the country. And so, you know, it's not that unusual to have some wildlife out there. But it was unusual to have a skunk under his house. And yes, yes, indeed, the skunk had had some sort of a frightening experience under his house, and we all know what skunks do when they get frightened. They set their back legs. I learned that later. They can't spray unless they set their back legs, but that skunk had had plenty of room under the house, evidently, to get set, and he let fly that very distinctive odor in copious amounts. The problem is, even though our friend was not actually sprayed by the skunk, where the skunk sprayed under his house was not that far from our friend's closet. Consequently, though our friend is a wonderful dresser, he really dresses sharp all of the time, he had a suit and a tie and looked really sharp, but his clothing had absorbed some of the odor of that skunk. Now, it's a funny thing about the human olfactory system, our sense of smell. It's a blessing to us that evidently if we smell something strong enough, long enough, our brain ratchets it down a bit. And I'm very sure that our friend had tried to do a little bit of a smell test and see how bad things actually were, but I guess his sense of smell had mercifully ratcheted down a bit and he didn't realize that when he got to church, that suit, although really a nice-looking suit, was also quite smelly at that point. And so he didn't have to get too close to realize what had happened. Nothing good can come from being too close to a skunk. 
I guess we all have some stories if we live anywhere near the country or if we go camping or whatever out in the country and we have a run-in with a skunk. We could have surmised, I'm sure, that there were plenty of skunks around on the night that we went camping with our number two son and his family. We were really having a good time. They had a nice RV kind of thing. It really wasn't that tough of a camping experience, but their dog was with them. We love Buddy. He is a great dog. He is a golden retriever. He's just about as likely to lick you to death as anything. He really is a great dog, good-natured and all of that. But dogs don't like skunks. And Buddy is a smart dog, but I don't guess he'd had a run-in with a skunk before. And somewhere in his canine brain, it just didn't hook up to the fact that a rodent-looking thing, a large squirrel-looking thing with a lot of hair, black with a white stripe down its back, is a skunk, and a skunk translates into an animal you don't want to mess with. And so, yeah, you guessed it, Buddy tried to take a bite out of that skunk, and it was a big mistake. We never saw the skunk. I don't know how close Buddy actually got to the skunk, but before Buddy got too close, that skunk saw a great big yellow-looking dog coming his way, and yes, he set his back legs, and he sprayed, oh, he sprayed mightily. Buddy came back to the camper, and he was not in good shape. Buddy is a love magnet. He always wants you to pet him, but I guarantee you nobody was about to pet that dog that evening. And then we tried to figure out what in the world do we do about it. He was no fun to get close to, but we couldn't leave him in that mess. And so we'd heard that maybe tomato juice is one of the home remedies that if you wash a dog in it, that can take some of the smell away. We thought we'd try it, but we didn't have any tomato juice. But one of the campers nearby had some, wait for it, Bloody Mary mix, which of course has tomato juice in it. And so we washed that dog down with tomato juice from, well, we washed that dog down with Bloody Mary mix and then used all the shampoo we could find. And we finally got him somewhat better than he was, but he still smelled pretty stinky the rest of the weekend. I don't know if that made an impression on Buddy or not, and I don't know if he links that smell even today with a black furry thing with a white stripe down its back. I hope he learned something, but I guarantee you it wasn't fun for the rest of us. You can't get too close to a skunk without there being some very severe consequences. Well, enough of that for the moment. We'll get back to it in a minute. A little bit of an ad here. I really would appreciate it if you'd take a little time and go over to my website, www.curtisshelburn.com, and take a look and see what you can find there. There really is some good stuff. I've told you before recently, I'm as excited as I can be about my latest album. It's entitled Almost Home. You can download it there at the website digitally. You can listen to some samples there absolutely free. You can order a CD. Any way you like it, it's there, along with the other albums that I've done and a good many other things. The blog posts that I write are available there. All of the podcasts that I've done are available there. And there's some free stuff, too. So I hope you'll run over sometime and check it out at www.curtishelburne.com. 
and see what you find. There's some good stuff there. And again, there's a good bit of free stuff there. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And now let's focus on faith. We ran over a skunk the other night. My wife was the municipal judge here in our community for 17 years. She retired recently, and that's been a great thing. She did a good job, I think, in her work. I joke with people that I focus on grace. She focused on law. Seems like a good marriage. But she still wields judicial authority in my direction, even if she is no longer officially invested with such. My wife would say, if she heard me say, we ran over a skunk the other night. What's with the we, bucko? You did that, not me. Well, she was in the car. Yes, I was driving. But I maintain that since the beast was in the middle of the lane, the middle of my lane, as he waddled across the road, the only proper course for the captain of any automotive ship was to take him out, dead on. Very bad things happen when you swerve in such a situation. So I, or we, my wife being a startled and quickly wide-awake accomplice, nailed him. We were heading home from a particularly poignant time with dear friends. The highway was long, the night was late. I thought we had it pretty much to ourselves. The road was mostly, mostly empty, very dark. Gas prices have meant that I've been reduced more often than usual to driving my wife's minivan. It's very utilitarian. It's very useful. She can put stuff in that van, and it becomes almost like Mary Poppins' bag that she carried. Stuff just keeps coming out. We've gone on ski trips. We've gone on all sorts of trips, and you can lay the seats down or do whatever you want to to configure that thing. It will carry a lot of stuff. And I understand that those things are pretty much in demand right now. It's the gas, you know. It's a good vehicle. But I have to say, it is not a particularly manly vehicle, such as, for example, my truck. If that's a sexist comment, I feel terrible about it. But the practical point is that the minivan is by design low to the ground. And skunks, though lowly creatures in many ways, are not low enough to the ground. He or she, I'm not really sexist at all, you see, might have just barely escaped my pickup undercarriage, though I really doubt it. But we were in the van. No chance. In the millisecond, when I thought a miracle might have happened and the skunk had perhaps done a very unskunk-like thing and ducked, well, no. Kerthump, bump, bumpity bump, Goodbye, skunk. Then came the smell. I didn't have time to take a rear-view look for a carcass. The multiple bumps, rather than one significant thunk, led me to believe that he was not impaled in our vehicle's grill. That's another story. We once had a pheasant as a temporary hood ornament in an old Suburban. Another story. I felt no deep need to turn around and officiate at a burial for a skunk. I've not done the research to know if skunks who die violently automatically spray as their teeny-weeny brains and their sphincters cease communication. I'll look it up later. 
But our association with that skunk was, I assume, as deadly as it was brief. All the ill-fated beast did was to brush up quite quickly and uncomfortably beneath the minivan's low undercarriage, and that was enough for death and for a distinctly skunkish odor. If the skunk actually sprayed, we weren't around long enough to catch much of it, but just an incredibly speedy brush-up produced a malodorous aroma that took miles to shake off. There is, dear friends and listeners, a lesson in this. In its eau de parfum essence, the moral is, if you don't wish to stink, don't snuggle up to skunks. It really doesn't take a long association with one before you begin to acquire its odor. Practical illustrations and warnings abound. You can supply very quickly some of your own, and it might be worth a little thought, but here are a few of mine. I'm thankful for people of good will who work within to try to improve them, and I'm thinking I'm sure mostly of our local folks, but our two major political parties, especially at the highest levels, seem determined to reward lunacy or cowardice, pick the mix you prefer, and have little place for prominent candidates who display wisdom, courage, and integrity, and don't leave a distinctive aroma in their wake. Non-stinkers in either party's national arena will pay a heavy political price. Pay that price or stink. Sometimes the choice is that stark in politics and in more than a few other venues. Surround yourself at work or business with those whose only real desire is for power or, quote, success. Enthrone as heroes, loud stars whose values, if you can call them that, are of the lowest sort. Trade integrity for advancement. Ditch good morals for pleasure or just popularity. How much of that stinkiness can we partake in and not begin to exude a telltale scent ourselves? In our homes, our workplaces, our playplaces, and our hearts, we really need to take care. Our incredibly gracious Lord will help us, forgive us, lead us. What our King desires for us is our highest good. He's not trying to spoil our fun. He's trying to help us be happy to live lives that are a blessing. He wants us in all of the arenas of our lives to honor him with, quote, the sweet scent, the exquisite fragrance, some versions say, of those whose lives are quietly but truly devoted to Christ. You can read about that in 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 16. And it's kind of interesting to look at the various translations and see what they say about that aroma. It's not a stench. It's a pleasant, wonderful aroma. You know, some callings are higher than just trying your best not to stink. But asking God for help not to become stinkers is certainly a good start. And be not deceived. Even now, many, maybe most, people know a stinker when they smell one. Full disclosure, one skunk was harmed before the production of this podcast. (music) 
Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.